everyone. Welcome in to the Bet on C2C podcast. Welcome into episode three. We are in the week one of 2022 season. So I am very, very excited. And today I bring on a very special guest. Of course, you have our favorite co-host, the man with the best hair in the CFF game, Mr. Chris K. Chris, how's it going there, Mr. Baseball Bat Swinging Guy? Uh, it's good. It's good. We got a uh, first world problems going on over here, but we're good. I'm excited. Yes. Uh this is like, I called this in my article for Saturday, I called this Hell Week. Week Zero was great. We had, we had six months to prep for it, write for it, if you're a content guy like Lob over here. But then all of a sudden we hit Sunday and it's like you wake up and you have Thursday, you have Friday, you have Saturday, you have <laughs> late Saturday. You got to create what you want to do and then it just becomes a just a Hell Week. But it's it's all with great amazingness because... You get three essentially main slates in one week, which you will never get. And if you know what you're talking about or if you've done the research, you get amazing edge on this week. So I'm excited for this week for sure. Yeah, this is where, um, and we'll introduce our guest in just a second, but this is where, you know, the rubber meets the road. This is where you can pretty much distinguish yourself, especially in DFS. And we'll talk about that, how you have so many options, so many stacks you could do, so many players. Week zero was just a taste. And uh, some of us, you know, had some success. Some of us, you saw some heartache, but, you know, we uh, we learned what we learned. At least we got a free week away from having to set our CFF lineups, which is happening this week. So we're adding that on top of the DFS stuff that we're playing. And that brings us to, like you just heard, He's, they call him Lob City on the BTR pod. Of course, I call him the Gridiron Scholar. He's the man, the myth, and the legend. Uh, he is Mr. John Lob. You can find him at Twitter at Gridiron Scholar 91. John, welcome to the Bet on C2C podcast, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm fired up. Last weekend, I spent about eight straight hours in my lounge chair watching football. I'm afraid that I might double that, which isn't good for my health. I should be getting up and moving around. But it's hard from Thursday to Sunday, Saturday night not to watch football. I'm so excited that we're getting a Monday night game to replace Monday night football. Oh, yeah. That's super mm. cool. Uh, hey, I think the NCA, the NFL gave them a window, man. This yeah. is like you get all day Saturday. People are jonesing for football. Then you come back with Sunday. You come back with Monday. No NFL in the way. It is the perfect week for college football. Mm. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> All right, so before we get started, let's do a little homework first. We want to say, hey, week one brings the fun. That's the name of the episode. So we got a couple guys in the process there. We got guys like Braylon Allen. I know uh, John's a big fan of Mr. Braylon Allen. We got our guy right down the street where I live, Mr. Devin Leary there at NC State. Uh, he's going to get his start there, a very highly touted quarterback. Xavier Worthy, now wide receiver one, with Mr. Quinn Ewers at the helm and his flowing goal in the mullets. So uh, you're going to see some good players and some good games happening this week, and it all starts Thursday night. And, of course, you can find us all at capestokitten.com. Of course, you have the articles, tools, and guides. So much, much more. I think if you were there on Twitter, you saw the uh, introduction today. For $29.99, you're going to get that NIL uh, pass for DFS and betting contests. So go check that out. That is cheaper than all the other you know guides. That's cheaper than all the other subscriptions that you have. That's where you're going to find content like Chris and Ethan uh, and have theirs as well. Uh, shout out to Ethan. He and his family are recovering from COVID, so we want to wish them well. You should see Ethan bright and shiny back here next week but uh send out prayers and well wishes to ethan and his family uh get well soon brother we do miss you uh but definitely go check out capestocanton.com where you can find anything and everything that we have to do including this podcast and so much more of course want to give a shout out to our buddy nicholas elon allen there at uh cfp winning edge uh 
You can check out his Patreon. It's as cheap as $5. He helps us out a lot when it comes to uh, depth charts, things like uh, projections and things like that. He does help me out a lot when it comes to overall FBS rankings of different teams. So that's where when you're trying to put together a lineup or a DFS one, if you're a guy like me that doesn't like to do optimization as much as our, my buddy down there, Mr. Chris K, you can find uh, find some some mismatches there. So check out his website as well. That, I'm going to throw it in here. That guy is insane with his stats. That guy's insane. Oh, yeah. Austin, Austin from uh, C2C was like, hey, where can I find um, sacks allowed last mm-hmm. year? And I was like, in my head, I'm thinking, Nick. Yeah, Nick, 100%. Sure. And then I'm like, you know what? Like, that guy could give you brothers, sisters, mothers, like, passing attempts per game. Like, mm-hmm. he can give you anything. Like, that guy is insane with his stats. So, if you, like, legitimately – you should totally consider it. If you're deep into this stuff, you should 100% consider um, Nick for Winning Edge. I can't, yeah. like, vouch for it enough. And if you're, you know, just give up a cup of coffee a month, send it his way. It's worth it, uh, if anything, just to be like, who is this wide receiver three that I'm trying to figure out? I'll just go check out that uh, spreadsheet. Oh, there it is. And actually – if someone gets injured, if there's a report going on, if he finds a you know a depth chart situation, he has it fixed within hours. So I mean, it's like in depth and to the thing. So definitely go check him out as well. Like I said, uh, Patreon.com/slash/CFBWinningEdge. And of course, guys, we're going to start off the episode with campus picks. Of course, that is presented by Prize Picks. We're going to get started there as well. Uh, and of course, you know, before you do that, hey, we have the promo code C2C. If you go enter that code, you can get a matching deposit up to $100. So please go check it out. Like I said, download the app and put in that code C2C. And like I said, you get that matching deposit up to $100. I think it's worth your while. Uh, didn't do so hot in week zero, but that's okay. We're going to make the comeback this week in week one. And we got some good selections for you as well. All right. So we're going to start it off. I'm not going to go five for five, guys. One of my picks, uh, Johnny Ford, didn't even make the field, or uh, so apparently he might have. I don't know. There's some controversy with some of this stuff going on. So, um, But I decided to go with the two. Um, and my choices were two running backs. I wanted to go safe. And so here's where my thinking is. Kayvon Lee, right? He's 57.5 with projected rushing yards. But people, I don't think Price Picks understands that they have an all-star freshman in Nicholas Singleton that I think is going to eat into this immediately and i'm going to think it is in game one so for me i don't think Kayvon lee is going to actually take uh take over this one so i'm going to take the less and then of course dominic richardson starting running back oklahoma state i think we both have seen where uh oklahoma state has put up some amazing running backs right so i think he's going to get one touchdown pretty easily in this game especially against central michigan one of my mac favorites to watch but in this situation it's definitely a mismatch so i'm going to take richardson it looks like, Kay, you got Richardson on another mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. prop as well. So you're in on that. So talk to me about Richardson and then your two choices yeah. as well. I mean, I think that's an obvious one, right? And it's yeah. so obvious. And this is, again, we talked about it for probably two weeks straight here on this on this uh, podcast. You got to, like, pay attention early and often because DraftKings, I believe they released the line at one and a half touchdowns. And once Prize Picks saw it, they took it off. So you can't actually get this line anymore, this 0.5 rushing touchdowns, because that's pretty much <clears> – <throat> excuse me. That's, that's a great play right there. And the same with the fantasy score. If you look at Dominic Richards, uh, Richardson right now, it's 17.5. Do I like it? Yeah. I bet it. Um, it's not, it's not as, as great as it was on Monday or Tuesday. You know, well, Monday. 
Um, that, but that's how quick it changes. So big Richardson fan against CM, uh, CMU, Central Michigan. Um, and, like, I love a lot of Oklahoma State plays. I'm, like, big on uh, Bray. So I like his on over in terms of receiving yards. I like, conversely, Brennan Presley with fantasy score going under. Uh, I, I think they're going to just run it in the ground. I think Bray is going to get his, and then I think the rest of the guys are just going to be good games, nothing crazy. I mean, like, Presley will have to score a touchdown to even start the conversation in 16 fantasy points there. And then as I am uh, as I was thinking about this, this play with Lou Nichols, I mean, he's a big guy in terms of receiving yards and receiving catches, just in terms of receptions in general, right? I think I uh, tallied up seven or eight games of three or more receptions. And in the two games he faced basically major opponents, I think it was LSU. And I could look at the notes, and this is why we do the notes, but I'm not used to this. Who did they play in the other one? Um, Missouri. He had four catches, right? So to me, Central Michigan lost a lot of receiving talent why not check it down, right? Like, that feels like an easy one. So three uh, receptions feels very good for me on that one. So I'm pretty excited about this this uh, three-way prop here. John, before we move on to your picks, what are, what are your thoughts on some of these uh, selections? What are you thinking? I like the Kayvon Lee a lot, but anyone who's heard me throughout the summer, I'm a big Nicholas Singleton fan. That you are. I think college, these kids who are top-shelf prospects – it's not 1998. They're not sitting on the bench. When you have Trevion Henderson last year, Braylon Allen, I, but it did take them like four weeks to ascend to the top of the depth chart. We just saw it with Hampton at North Carolina and Petaway last week. If Penn State wants to even be competitive in the Big Ten, Nicholas Singleton is going to have to be a guy. He's going to have to be a man. We've seen Kayvon Lee. He's not good. Let's just stop pretending. Like, talent matters, right? Like, I get it that he's been around, but he's just been around and shown that he's bad. Like, he's not good. So maybe he opens up and gets the obligatory three carries on the opening drive. And then it's Singleton's game. And this is the game you got to beat Purdue. I mean, I'm really excited about Penn State-Purdue. You can't go down 0-1. I mean, look at Nebraska. It's it's a disaster right now, right? They're already down 0-1 to Northwestern. I love the Kayvon Lee. I think it's amazing. When I saw you put up the Dominic Richardson, I immediately said, how is that possible? And Kay just told us. Even someone at Prize Big said, wait a second, time out, time out. We got because it, it it just seemed too good. To be true. And you took on the Lou, Lou, uh, Lou Nichols, right, Kay? What did you take exactly? What is the under on that one? I took over two and a half receptions. So I'm game just sc- looking at checkdowns. Yes. The game script tells us they should lose that game, right? And he's their best player. Chuck, you know, checkdowns to him in the third quarter. I love that one also. I'm just going to digress for one second because I've been wanting to say this all for two days. Everyone's talking about Evan Holt and Cam Porter. And you know what? Their perspective, are they good? Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter. 
They're running behind Pete Skoronsky. Did anyone watch the Northwestern offensive line, folks? Pete Skoronsky is a top 10 pick in the NFL. I don't give a crap who is running behind Pete Skoronsky. He blew Nebraska's defensive line out of the goddamn water. There were holes that were so goddamn big. Anyone can run through it. So as long as this Northwestern offensive line can dominate the front four, forget it. Play Evan Hall and Cam Porter. Don't worry if they're good. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Pete Skaronsky in the offensive line. Did oh, you man. watch the game? I the did. man is the number two ranked offensive tackle. As I'm watching the game, he just slowly began to pancake North. Nebraska's offensive lineman or defensive lineman, and no one's talking about it. The man was dominant. And hell, Ryan Alinsky threw for over 300. Jesus, he had all the time in the world. Let me, I love, I got to ask you. Yeah, you watch, right. And this is a self plug here, and I'll, I'll, no, I'll be quick, Brandon. I'm sorry. Did you watch or listen to the, the most recent Bernie Redshirt podcast? I did for so I, I listened like for 15 minutes driving into work, but no, I haven't finished it. No yet. stress. I the the first thing I think of is you are that coach that motivates. Oh. I just I walked out of this thinking I'm rushing for 75 yards against Purdue. Like I have that in the bag. Like throw me in prospect uh, price picks and hit my uh, over because I'm in that. Don't even worry about it after that I'll, conversation. I'll go play offensive line. Heck, man, I was yeah. ready to go. Let's Brandon's ride. My left tackle. I'm going to rush it. it for 75 after that. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean. That's the only thing, and I know we have 130 teams to cover. It's the only, you know, it's hard to cover offensive lines with 130 with so many skilled position players. But sometimes you just see dominant offensive lines, and you're like, hey, man, I don't care who's running behind that line. Give me the running back. So I just, no one talked about the kid, and I thought Peter Skaronsky played out of his mind against Nebraska. He was definitely a, a man amongst boys, and I feel like he had a ton of Guinness before he started. So I think he was raring to go for sure. I, so double think, will do that to you. I think Barnabas from C2C did like a little Saturday morning. He did, yeah. Um, he talked about it a little bit. Minute and a half, yeah. I'm, by the way, like I thought that was awesome. Like that's not my realm at all. Like I am just straight, like I don't even know what these guys look like. I don't know anything about them. I just know like stats. I'm going to do this. I'm like the data nerd. <laughs> You know, whatever. And then all of a sudden, Barnabas comes in here with all these crazy advanced level stats. I'm like, damn, I got to be watching this stuff on Saturday morning more often because that was awesome. Yeah, shout out to the tailgate and then uh, College Fantasy Tonight. There's some some really good segments. Barnabas was on both, and he's laying out IDP players. He's laying out offensive line. I mean, the unspoken heroes of, uh, you know, our CFF glory, yeah. you know, he's, he's laying it out there for people, and he's our draft specialist. So I think uh, he's definitely worth the listen, and he's always insightful. Uh, a guy that knows Maryland well. So, uh, you know, if you want to know about wide receivers, a little Tua, he's your guy for sure. So definitely been checking him out. All right. Lob, you are the guest of the show. I made you a very fancy slide here. So tell us about your four picks for the prize picks from the Gridiron Scholar himself. So it's very unworthy. I love the slide. It's incredible. Thank you very much. I'm not worth all that beautiful color and work, but I appreciate it. It's amazing. So I am so mad still. I lost my three 
by one and a half rushing yards by Chris Reynolds. I might have been the only person staying up to Charlotte, getting blown out, and I'm like, Chris Reynolds, I just need a six-yard scramble, please. I have the nine and a half over under, and he had eight yards rushing, and I hit my other two, and I was so mad. And he busted his shoulder. (laughs) Oh, my God, just one and a half yards. But But isn't that the adrenaline rush? Isn't that like... I'm watching Charlotte FAU for no other reason than Chris Reynolds, right? So I got four, and you can choose all three. You can put them in however you want, everyone. But when I was looking through, four stood out to me. First one, how the hell is Tanner Morgan going to throw for 210 yards in this game? They're going to run for 300, and then they're going to pull Tanner Morgan. I mean, maybe you get it. Maybe he's Ryan Holinsky. I could be wrong, and he might pull the Ryan Holinsky. But you got to get Mohammed and Potts. You got to run this football. You're playing New Mexico State. They're coming off a game. New Mexico State played on Saturday. First of all, hello, New Mexico State Athletic Director. You're a moron. You are scheduling a game for week zero and then traveling? To Minnesota for a Thursday night game? Like, what is your problem? But that's a different story for another day. They are just going to physically beat the living crap out of New Mexico. Now, Tanner Morgan might have 120 in the first half, and you might be shaking in your boots. They're going to run the ball in the second half. So I love the under on Tanner Morgan against New Mexico this week. Two, you talked about Dominic Richardson. Emory Jones had four rushing touchdowns for Florida. We obviously saw that Florida had no idea last year how to use um, Damian Pierce, who now looks like he's a starter in the NFL. They were so messed up. And they had Anthony Richardson and Emory Jones in and out. He had over 750 yards rushing, folks. They're playing Northern Arizona. You don't think they got a bootleg audible in the package at the goal line with Emory Jones? He might pop off a 40-yard touchdown against Northern Arizona. We got a half a touchdown. I'm taking the over all day long. Emory Jones might have 100 yards rushing in this game. Love it. Kay talked about game script with Lou Nichols. I'm going to talk game script with Carson Steele. Old man memory. I think Tennessee's like a 38-point favorite against Ball State. It's crazy. When Ball State's down 28 to nothing, Are you really playing Carson Steele and running the football on first and 10 on the road in Tennessee? 59 and a half. I mean, how is Ball State going to block Tennessee's front seven? And then the game strip is just going to go away from them so quickly. I just, I just don't see Steele getting 15 carries in this game. Now he could bust one off that, but I'll take under on the 59 and a half for the game script here. And, Jaden Brett, it looks like prize picks, DraftKings, everyone seems to think Brennan Presley is the number one guy, Oklahoma State. Watch the film. I think Jaden Bray's better. I think he's more physical. I think he's the next possible big-time cowboy wide receiver. I'm looking at 50 and a half over. 50 and a half, he might get a 55-yard touchdown. We've seen Oklahoma State throw the ball deep for years. It's a great matchup against Central Michigan. I love Jaden Bray. Take the over on 50 and a half. 
Yeah, I got a lot on Jane Bright. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I got like what was crazy was I jumped on it uh, at 13 and a half fantasy points. Nice. And now it's down to 12. What? I'm like, what? <laughs> so, you, I mean, you could do a little bit of a, I mean, maybe if you're going to do three or four bets on, on Bray, three or four um, picks on Bray, you do half and half, right? Because, you know, if he doesn't get the touchdown, then he could certainly still get the receiving yards. That's crazy number. I think you're 100% right, Lob. Like, I think people think Presley, and I think people believe – or the books or whatever believe Braden Johnson is going to be yeah. enough of a guy yeah. to be like, to cut into it. But like Jaden Bray has been like the talk of the town from local beat guys. It, uh, that feels like an easy one. I'm so nervous because it feels so easy. But look also look at his physical size. He yeah. looks like that Jake, that black man, right? The Des. He looks like Tylen Wallace, Des. Yeah. Yes, all those guys. He looks the, the prototypical. Know, yeah. Like watch him play football. He's going to beat people up one-on-one about 25 yards down the field. I mean, and they're just going to throw it up to him. Yep. Agreed. Yes. I think Carson still might uh, – I don't know. Is he a rushing – or other than rushing, can he – is he a reception guy like Lou Nichols, or is he okay or uh, he, slippery he, hands? Well, he's how's, pretty how's good. Still? He's pretty good with the the passing game. But yes. that number is just straight rushing yards. Right. Which I, I would touch that one. I think Lob is just – playing the old narratives uh the oh, game yeah. script and i mean he's never i don't like as far as i remember in terms of last year like he wasn't like some explosive running back so you're not the thing i would worry about with like unders on like the Braden johnson like i think Braden johnson the oklahoma state receiver yeah his number is really pretty bad but i'm like it's like 50 or 49 receiving yards something like that on some mm-hmm. sites and I'm just concerned about it because he is a big play receiver. Like he is going to go for like two catches for 90 yards, or he's going to go like one catch, nine yards. And that's not Carson Steele. Carson Steele is like your, your kind of ho-hum three, four, five yards of carry. And then the game script gets bad and then he's done. So I like that one as well. I would agree with Emory Jones. I'd agree with yeah. Tanner Morgan. I would say Emory Jones is uh, Emory Jones is probably my three, four with Carson Steele. I really like that Tanner Morgan under, I think you're dead on with that one. Yep. They're going to run the football. I yeah. Mean. They'll be so far out ahead that it won't even matter. You know, yep. they'll, just, they'll be so far out ahead that of that matchup that it won't, why would they even throw it? Why? At this point, why? Especially with Mo back pots, you got our, our, our boy, the freshman Zach Evans, who says everyone's healthy and looking good in camp. So, you know, I, I'm going to bank on Minnesota just running, running like crazy. Uh, I think Ball State can ball out when, when given the opportunity. I know they have a brand new quarterback and we'll talk about it here in the next segment, but uh, they got some options, especially with uh, Jackson there. Jay Sean, I'm really a fan of his at wide receiver. Uh, there's some opportunity, and Tennessee isn't the best at defending the pass, so we might see a, a, a little bit of a shootout before it gets well out of hand with Tennessee so Brandon, just going ham. Aunt Brandon, your question. I looked up Carson Steele, 12 receptions last year. Okay, He's so not, not a, a lot. Time pass. I wouldn't rank him, you know, an elite pass catcher. Now, against Penn State last year, September 11th, Seven carries, 18 yards. Oof. Game script got away from a 44 mm-hmm. to 13. We are looking at a very similar game mm-hmm. in, against Tennessee. So that's just why I like it's game script. Do I like I like Carson Steele as a fantasy player, but yeah. this is not the matchup that you know. Well, we might have to change things, but first before we do that. 
Let's bank on them, boys. So this is where we talk about DraftKings and FanDuel and some lineups that you have. Like I said, before we get started, I want you guys to remember to bet responsibly. Um, you know, like I said, don't sell the farm. These are just options for you. You don't have to, you know, use them as Bible and you don't have to, you know, use the exact ones. Just take what you have and the stuff that we give you. Just decide if that's going to be for you or not. So definitely check that out. But we're going to start with DraftKings. And uh, let's go with Chris, since he's the uh, the guru specialist and the spreadsheet king here. I know he's been spending a lot of time with the numbers. So tell me, uh, tell me, you know, this general lineup that you set and some other options that you're thinking here. Uh, I believe this is Thursday's lineup. We'll have yeah, this a couple is Saturdays we'll talk about. So Yeah, this is Thursday right here. Shockingly, and my dog, by the way, Beamer, named after the right. old uh, Shane Frank. Beamer? Now, Shane, get out of here. <laughs> I mean, respect to Shane. Respect to Shane, but... All, all respects go to Frank here, okay? Um, he's, he's quiet down, thank you. Uh, Dominic Richardson, number one. What a great play there. We've talked about it. Jaden Bray, same thing. Um, and then past that, right, it goes, who are we doing at quarterback, right? Aiden O'Connell, I think, is a great option. That's super cheap. I mean, there's the Penn State matchup is going to be tough, right? It's not going to be easy pickings. And that team total is not going to be crazy. But, I mean, he's going to hit 300 passing yards. You know, that's going to be like a, almost a given. Like that feels really good, which means you get the bonus on DraftKings. So on FanDuel, wouldn't necessarily lean that way. Uh, and I paired him up with Brock Thompson. But really, it's like, what Purdue receiver do you like? Do you like Tyron Tracy? Do you like him? You're going to go maybe, I don't even know, but I got to imagine like an Elijah Canyon is super cheap or Charlie Jones is super cheap. Whoever you think is that receiver one, you have a lot of mid to low priced options there. Um, Plumley, that like I, <laughs> I am trying to stop like his projection, but I can't. I'm like putting him at like 85% of snaps, and I'm still getting like 27, 20 fantasy points, which is like very high. Very like for uh, for reference, CJ Stroud projects at like 24 and a half points per my model against Notre Dame, and they're two touchdown favorites you're looking at like 40 uh, 40 points so like Plumley being at 27 28 is huge and then from there it's just filling in right Trey Potts that goes with that game script that Lob was talking about with Minnesota I think uh Mo Ibrahim I think he's gonna be awesome you can, I worry long term and like season long type stuff for his Achilles like because that's just proven to not be a good situation but Minnesota wants to run the ball. So, like, worst-case scenario, Potts is still going to get 14, 15 carries. That matchup's going to be awesome for him. Um, and then lastly, I think A.T. Perry, right? Like, Wake Forest, main receiver. I think uh, Griffiths is probably going to be a little bit maybe more random run-heavy than than Sam Hartman. But ultimately, you, I don't have any data behind it, but I never do. So, who cares? Whatever. Uh, when a backup comes into play, they throw to the receiver one maybe a little bit more often. A.T. Perry's the number one. It's not even close. Like, this is a situation where, like, it's not even close. That's the number one. You know, you could debate the two and the three and the four at that Wake Forest offense. I mean, Perry is clear night and day. I mean, in, a, in any matchup, he's getting 28 29 percent of targets which is insane in the wake forest offense so the and then in interior brown that's just nuts like his 5k price tag is a is a uh starting rb1 or even rb2 i would have been cool with it 
um, against Eastern Illinois is just insane. So that's where my head was at right there. I got you. I'll start with uh, with the same NIE. I'll go mine, and then we'll have John do his Fantastic Four lineup, making an appearance on the B- the Venom C2C podcast. Very excited about the Fantastic Four returning. Uh, so I decided to zag when people are zigging. A lot of people, and I did see the depth chart, Antonio Brown, he has the distinguished RB. There's no or, but I'm not scared of the or, and I just want to point that out for anyone listening and stuff like that. If you've seen what Cars, uh, Harrison Whaley was able to do before his injury, now he's at 100%. He's looking okay in camp. He is the pass-catching back. He is a do-it-all back, and I think, you know, for – an extra, I believe, 1,000 there to zag when people are going to take Brown. I'm looking for a lower percentage, so I'm looking to snag maybe Whaley, who can probably still see some time there in the, uh, especially against you know uh, an FCS team. I think that's going to be perfectly okay, and you're going to see a lot of both Brown and Whaley in the process. I know they like their third running back too, so he might get some play there as well. But I'm not afraid of the situation, so I was going Whaley. So for me, I wanted to find something where you can distinguish yourself out of the rest of the pack. So there's a lot bigger of a slate, and so you're looking to have a stack where it's a little bit different and out of the norm and i also want to be able to pair two of them so i looked at ball state because you know they're going up against tennessee that doesn't um they you know unless they've gotten better from what i've seen in camp defensively especially their corners and stuff like that they're not as good as you know defending the past we saw the old miss game there's a few others where they were just genuine shootouts and, and i get it that we're seeing a g5 versus uh, an sec team but I really, really like uh, Jason Jackson, especially for 4,600. I think it's a great cheap play as well. I think if you pair him with his quarterback with Paddock, who's now starting, a lot of people are not aware of Paddock, so I think he's going to be low-owned. And, of course, Carson Steele, it sounds like he's not the receiving guy that I thought he was, so this would be one where I probably would uh, scratch this out and not do the three-stack and just take the two. So I probably would uh, – you know, if people are listening, I'd probably say drop Haley off uh, or Whaley off, take Brown, gain some value, and then take a different running back than Steele. Um, but I still think it's a decent stack. My favorite and the sleeper, of course, is Mr. Luther Burden, the third out of Missouri, the top freshman coming in. Everything from spring game and everything under the sun. The guy's getting played like he's Debo Samuel, and I need to you know, say that as well. So I, I do not trust the Missouri running back uh, squad. Uh, me and Chris were talking in the Slack channel earlier, and uh, it's just one of those things I'm just staying far away from. But I think Burden's going to be used in running back, wide receiver, slot, uh, he might line up his tight end. The dude's an absolute monster. So for me, I'm taking Burden as my sleeper. And for 6,700, the people are not on them, and they're playing Louisiana Tech. So why not have a good first uh, coming out game, just like Hampton and uh, Petaway? I think Burden's going to be the reason why he's the top uh, wide receiver coming out of this uh, freshman class as well. See, uh, Tillman, of course, he's just chalk. I just want something consistent. I wanted Hooker's top guy, so he's there. But I wanted to pair – uh, JT Daniels and his top receiver coming to West uh, West Virginia, uh, Bryson Ford Wheaton. I think that's a great pairing, and it's under thirteen thousand. So I mean, you can definitely gain some money in traction there as well. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on the stack? Do you think it's a little risque? Do you think it stands out against other opponents? Do you think it's too weak to take home any money? What are your thoughts? Um, I would ask one question first: Would you play this in a cash game or a GPP? Because I have clear thoughts on where I would put this type of lineup. So I would probably still finagle it because this isn't the probably the main one that I'm playing in GPP, but this would be one that I was thinking more GPP. Okay, um, I agree. It's it seems it's like not a, more it's not enough chalky GPP. to be cash. Yeah, yeah. I think there. I like it for GPP because what you're banking on is incredibly low ownership of the Cardinals, and you're saying if somehow the Cardinals, I looked it up, Tennessee's a 35 point favorite. But what you're saying, if somehow the Cardinals can stay in 
keep this game within two or three touchdowns, that I'm willing to think that the Cardinals score three to four touchdowns. So I like that you're, I mean, there's not going to be a lot of people on the Cardinals stack in the GPP. So I do like that. And I like the fact, I think Tillman will be heavily owned, but you got to have someone on the Tennessee side in a GPP going against the uh, Ball mm-hmm. State. So I like that. And I, I think Daniels is one of the guys I'm looking at and I'm debating. I got to think about my projections. I think Daniels is a sneaky guy in cash games, you know, or in a GPP because I like that with um, Brandon Ford Wheaton. Yeah, I, I was going to say kind of the same thing, right? Like I think, uh, I mean, Tillman's huge, right? Like he could have a huge game. And if you really believe Ball State can stay in it, like, I could see Tillman go eight for 220 and four touchdowns. Like, that's like a Tuesday for that type of performance, like for that type of matchup, right? So, you know, I don't believe that the Ball State 35 point spread is as same as this, you know, Plum Lee 35 point spread or whatever it is in his matchup against South Carolina State. So, like, I, you know, I don't see. South Carolina State hanging with UCF. Like, I believe that 100%. But, like, there's some sort of world where Ball State keeps it close enough, maybe at least for the first three quarters, where you have to see a ton of Tennessee first-teamers. So I don't have a problem with that. My only problem is Carson Steele is probably not the best, and you kind of mentioned it, right, like, for passing game. But just in general, right, like, their team total is, is just not necessarily high enough for me to want that, especially with options out there. I, you know, you want to play it or consider a great GPP type lineup, put Ontario Brown with Whaley and just go oh. rock both of them, you know, because think that, about yeah. the uniqueness of that lineup. Um, I love Whaley. I just said, Hey, you know, they, they named Brown RB one, but I would have, I would have rocked him at RB two. Same thing with Whaley in that matchup. They're going to run it. They're going to pound it. They don't have a great passing game. Travion Rudolph, man, what a tough injury for him. And what, oh. a, what that sucked, man. That You just hate hearing that, right? Like, it was awful. so brutal. He's such a good young talent. Like, you don't want to see that. They're going to lean on the run game in week one. Maybe they don't in week seven, but they're going to in week one. So I love both those options. I think both of them are underpriced. So. I, I like those, and I, and I like the West Virginia thing. You know, it truly is based on, do you think West Virginia is going to be able to pass, right? Do you think JT Daniels is the JT Daniels that everybody hyped up at USC? They went to Georgia, then he caught that lull, and then he got hurt. Then it was weird because Stetson with the fro got it, and then Stetson gets the nice haircut, and JT never had a chance, right? So – um, I don't know. I mean, I like the West Virginia stack there. That'll be low owned for sure. If you're in a tournament, you don't want to go super low owned everywhere, but I think those are very viable low owned options for sure. Yeah. Uh, that's why I want to make sure I had Tillman for the, the chalk there. Just make sure you have the over. Uh, okay. Let's go into Mr. John Lobb, your fantastic forcer. Tell me about the four that you picked and why you decided to go with them. So in general, I'm a cash game player. You know, I dabble in GPP, but I, I don't put in like three or four GPP lineups. And I sometimes only do it when I feel like there's an edge somewhere. You know, like a West Virginia stack, I think is also interesting in GPP this week. I don't, I think it's going to be overlooked. Graham Harrell's the offense coordinator, right? 
He's the uh, so they could throw the ball 45 times. So I like that as a contrarian type of play. And I don't think West Virginia has a running back that I'm interested in. Looking at the depth chart, I'm like, there's no one here. So I do think they're going to throw the ball crazy amounts. So I do cash game. And what I like to do is give viewers, readers, anyone who's looking at my stuff, hey, this is my core. I could go with one, I could go with this core, and then maybe I just build one lineup in it and I put it in a $20 and a $10 cash game. Or maybe I want to do this with two or three other cores and spread it out in my cash game lineups. But how I approach a cash game in CFB, a little different than NFL, and I think Kay has been with me playing CFB for a real long time. And I learned this lesson the hard way. When you have a Melvin Gordon at Wisconsin or you have a Derrick Henry at Alabama, you almost have to play them in cash games because they can hit 50-point ceilings any week. And I remember I got burnt one year. I'm like, ah, Gordon can't go off again. Like it was like two straight games of over 40 points or something, and he smashed again. And that just destroys your cash game lineup. So I I took Hooker here. He's the third most expensive quarterback, and I don't love giving out top-end advice. But when I look at this slate, there's only two players who could get 50 points in my book. I could be wrong. It is Hooker and Tillman. That's it. You decide if you want to match it up with Tillman. That's up to you. But I decide, I think with Hooker, he could run for two, throw for three. I can't take the risk in a cash game that Tillman goes out there, you know, with a 30-point floor, but he hits 45 because it's very hard to play catch-up. So I'm going hooker there. Ben, we talked about Jaden Bray. He's under 6,000. I was like, oh, my – I think he's better than Presley. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe the coaching staff will target Presley more. I think he's better. I think he's the better option. We talked about it all night. I'm getting a stud-wide receiver – for under 6,000 in a nice, I think Central Michigan can keep it a little closer than Ball State against Tennessee. So let me go Jaden Bray there. Chris mentioned it. Brock Thompson. I mean, I looked at the salaries and what it really came to, if I look at the salaries of Purdue, Tracy's 5,700. Brock Thompson is 4,900. I'm saving $800. The both of them are going to play. Aiden O'Connell should throw for 300, right? In his sleep in this matchup. I mean, he should be good for eight targets. I'll take eight targets for under $5,000. And hopefully I get in the end zone and I get like six receptions or more. So I love Thompson there. And I always try to find last week. It was, is it Aiden Robbins? I I, the the running back from UNLV. I had Aiden Robbins. I got a little lucky. Game script went away. They took him out, but we got the two touchdowns. I wanted volume, but I ended up with two lucky touchdowns. So I ended up, I think it was like 16 and a half points, something like that. But he was what, 3,400, 3,300? Like it was just so low. So I'm looking at this Mizzou team. And I said to myself, Mizzou's going to run the ball, I think. They're playing Louisiana Tech. Pete is not at the top of the depth chart. Like, I'm stunned, right? Completely blown away. 
I'll take the lowest price Mizzou back. I think he's a transfer from a lower level or something. He's not a kid that you probably never um, – I don't even know. It's, it's Schrader, but what's his first name? I think it's Cody, Cody. yeah. Yeah, Cody Schrader. 3,200. What if he gets 12 carries in this game? They could blow out Louisiana. Hey, <clears throat> it's a huge risk, but I, I do tend to take those because I like one low price. I almost always take a guy under 3,500 in college, and sometimes it doesn't work. I, I've been burned, but a lot of times it enables me to build with the Cedric Tillman hooker stack, or I can go Purdue. I mean, I love Plumlee. You can put Plumlee in this one in the, in the um, super flex also. Like, there's a lot of good – actually, I think there's a lot of good quarterback options, mm-hmm. more than you think on this slate. So I want the guaranteed high ceiling, potential high ceiling, with hooker, guaranteed floor – and then this lineup, if you look there, you have 27,200 or an average of 6,800 for your last four players. So you really have some options to build a strong team around it. Yeah. I, by the way, I was talking, we did the, the Bernard Richer podcast and we talked about this, but like I was talking on the side of some other buddies and, you know, if I thought, if I told you right now today who was the best Missouri running back, it would be Nathaniel Pete. It's not even close. But I think what's happening is I think that he's banged up, like, or he's he he's been hurt. I mean, like, there's no doubt about it. He's been hurt. Like they have said it that he's been not been full contact. He's missed snaps. He's missed drills because of it. My thought is, and you see this rare, like, in sparing like death charts randomly throughout that guys that have been banged up don't get like the depth chart love. And then they'll pop up in week two or week three is the RB one um, SMU guy. Kamar Wheaton's a really good example. I could see him being RB one in week three, but for now they're good with Trey Sickers. And I think what's happening here is we're going to see Elijah young. We're going to see Cody Schrader, but you don't need like, right? Like Missouri's RB one is going to get like 50% of carries. But I'm not projecting that at all. Like, I'm projecting in this matchup because of blowout, because of the matchup. Like, you're looking at Schrader and Young, Elijah Young, um, who I think he's, like, in the mid-five, something like that, in terms of drafting pricing. Yes. Like, uh, I see both of them getting, like, 32 33%. Guess what? That's, like, 12, 13 carries per, uh, uh, per what I'm looking at. And, like, that's huge based on the implied total. Like, that's a no-brainer. Schrader, after, like, I created this lineup, sent it over to Brandon. We we did our thing. And then, like, the more I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, this is, like, insane. Like, you have to do it, especially in a cash game. That's a good work. That's a good chance worth taking. Um, yes. I would have loved to use Pete. Pete was, like, 6,700. If he was RB1 standing solo, I would have. Like he would have been here, non without a doubt. But hey, if, if you told me that Pete was going to get 20 carries, which the lead running back in Mizzou should get, yeah, I'd be all in on it. Plus there a couple catches, 100%. They're a 20 point home favorite. 20 point home favorite. Yeah. The, the lead back in Missouri would get 20 touches minimum. Yeah, so I'll just take the cheapest. And here's another thing do you need to beat Louisiana and attack? with Nathaniel Pete, you can win this game without him. Yep. So play the other two guys. See if you have something. 
It kind of right? sounds like they like the other two guys yeah, too. Like I like I'm I'm promoting P, but like I think they Schrader from what Andrew Katz was telling me was a D two stud. I think he was like twenty one hundred uh, rushing yards or maybe total yards in D two. In the spring game, he just ran over dudes. But you know, he said that it was like some potential walk on. Or like second, third string defenses. But he's but like, also over two hundred and fifteen pounds. He's Chris. a real, he's a real running back. Like this yes. is your normal dude. Like this, like in terms of like random lower level transfers. So that's an exciting play. I'm really, really interested to see what his ownership is because I could see him being ten percent. I could see him being fifty percent. I, I have agree. no idea. I have no, no idea, idea. we're in, but I think it's a great option for sure. And then you have the wild card of Burden, who can is a do it all guy. And so then, like, where does it does he get ten percent? Because he can run, he can yeah. pass, he can throw. He he. I mean, is he going to be a guy that just uh, a San Francisco 49er light? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. What is this Mizzou going to look like? So it, it's definitely interesting, man. If now that I'm hearing about Schrader in the FCS level, that is you said D two, right? So what is D2, that? Yeah. Yeah. Oof. So Burden's, I mean, seen, Burden's, Burden's really interesting because I think we all saw in the spring game. They just hammered him. It was like yeah. literally nonstop. And the dude was there for like two months. And they're like, yeah, you're just going to take every pass that we throw. Just a heads up. I'm going to throw it out there. And like, okay, well, now it's been like eight months. So I like Burden's price is somewhat aggressive, but I actually kind of like it in tournament. It's because I think it's going to shy away. I said this in my article last week with Chase Brown. I don't know if the ownership necessarily reflected it, but I thought the ownership for Chase Brown would be crazy high, generally speaking. And then I saw his price, and I was like, well, that's going to limit that a little bit. Um, and I think we're going to see that, especially with Brown, uh, with Burden. I think they're going to throw it to him a ton. That, like, 18 to 22 spread is perfect for fantasy because it's like we're going to just absolutely crush you but we're not going to crush you that much. We're going to like let you stay around enough where everybody's got play. So <laughs> that's what you're kind of looking for, you know, like give me the oh, yeah. 35 point spread with Tennessee over the 35 point spread with UCF against South Carolina state. I said that earlier, like that stuff matters because you get like a little bit of the um, worst case scenario is like, well, they do, you know, for lack of better words, wax that ass, but <laughs> eh, you know, it's, it takes a while or something, right? There's a little bit of chance that it doesn't happen. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm looking for Luther Burden on prize picks, and he doesn't have a receiving yards prop. No, I just give it to him. I was scared. Yeah, they're scared because they don't know what he's capable they of. They don't know what to put. They're the going to find out real quick. They're going to find out real quick. All right, guys, let's move to Fandle. And I know, John, feel free to hop in on these. I know you didn't uh, – you know, give us any uh, FanDuel, but feel free to... But unfortunately, I just don't play on FanDuel, so that's, that's why no I worries. can tell you who I like. It's all good. Um, a lot of this is similar, so I was able to take... And here's the thing about FanDuel. They are very smart about their pricing. I will say that, that their values, you're going to spend a little bit more. So you do have to be particular. Again, you also lose the flex. So just like Ethan was saying last week, they took away one of the flex spots. So it's not as large as DK. So And it's only 0.5 PPR. It's not a full point PPR. So you have to take those three factors into you know the situation here. So for me, I went ahead and I'll, and like I said, I, you know, this was before I did it. I would probably remove steel and probably see if I could get another running back. But other than that, 
Uh, I was able to pair Paddock with Jackson. I was able to secure Hooker and Tillman, which I think is lights out. And, of course, you're able to find Burden at the cheaper price. He is the play of the week at FanDuel at 5500 FanDuel does not know who Luther Burden is. They're going to find out real quick, right? Nah. And, then, and, then, and then my boy, Mo Ibrahim. Uh, he was the highest, but he's going to get the most volume. And against New Mexico State, I think he's going to be able to at least get close to what his value is as far as fantasy points per value. I think he's going to be right on par with that. We are going to see Trey Potts, and we're probably going to probably see the rookie or the freshman Zach Evans as well just because it's New Mexico State. But Ibrahim's going to take the load, and we're going to see how that Achilles is doing. I think it's 100% and he's healed. Uh, it might take him a little bit to get going, maybe a, a quarter or so, but we're going to see Ibrahim do his thing. He was, what, the leading rusher in CFF, I believe, the year before. I believe in the COVID season, if I'm not mistaken. Isn't that right, John, I think? Yeah. Uh, he's the leader? Okay. I think I don't know if he's there, but I think if we give eighty percent, you know, Mo Ibrahim to, compared to what he was in twenty twenty, I think he's going to be okay. So that was my call, uh, Chris. It looks like you uh, you stacked up on OK State. I like that a lot. Yeah, I mean, just to to kind of quickly go back to your lineup. I mean, Fandle's tough, man. Fandle's tough. Their scoring is different than DraftKings. So if you're used to DraftKings, it really can provide some issues with the the. There's no bonuses. The half point PPR. I do like the lineup. Um, I, you know, Mo Ibrahim is the, is the 80 fancy point potential type guy, not necessarily against New Mexico state. Cause I don't think New Mexico state has the offense to help that, but, um, otherwise I like the lineup. I mean, Luther Burden, I wish I would have seen that cause I would have thrown him in mine over, um, Brock Thompson or, you know, fit him in somewhere because, you know, with mine, I went with the uh, Purdue stack. I mean, I'm a, you got to stack. You have to stack, right? Like in my head, that's why I did that on DraftKings. I'm doing it again on FanDuel. I don't necessarily love it as much after seeing Luther Barton at that price. Like I'll find some other way to do this here. I had to really <laughs> scroll down to find him too. I was like, wait, where's Burton? I was like, oh, whoa, he's yeah, way down here. I was like, wait of the week. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, and then I, we talked about Pete, right? Like that is under the assumption that he's healthy. I think we can all agree at this point it's way too risky to to do that, right? So I would I would have taken him out at this point, right? Um, Curtis Steele, I don't know if I would I would fill him in with that necessarily, but it would be a good kind of bring back in a sense with the Tennessee guys that I have Tillman and Hooker. I mean Hooker's just insanely good. He's productive in all facets. He's great around the goal line. He can throw the seventy yard pass like. Those are the guys that you're going to get beat up by the Jordan Travis's of the world where he plays a nobody and he doesn't do anything because they're just killing everybody. But like, in you know, like that was such a tough match because that was so great, like in terms of potential upside there, but does it work out? I don't see it happening with Hendon Hooker. Like they're trying to push that man for Heisman. Like they're not letting that man not score a touchdown or two. Like that's going to happen. Um, and then I think J- Jaden Bray, right? Like, I think in terms of Fandle, you need to look at big yards. You need to look at touchdowns in terms of receivers and, and with the running backs. And I don't think Jaden Bray is going to get your, your 12 catches. You know, he's not your Nathaniel Dell that's going to go 10 for 110. He's your like five for 180. And it all counts the same. We all love each of them. So um, I love that there. And Dominic Richardson at 8,400 is criminal. Like that's like of all the guys listed there. I think I like Dominic Richardson at 8,400 the most. 
What do you think, Lob? Do you think it, which one of yours, or I'm sorry, which one of my players listed here is your favorite? So when I used to play FanDuel and I was playing with the Derrick Henry years and the Melvin Gordon years, but I just play PPR now, everything, so I can double my research. So I just, that's why I stay on DraftKings because I do NFL also. So I just, in that mindset. But what I do remember is touchdown equity. And Dominic Richardson, we know the Oklahoma State back from Chuba Hubbard and all the players that they've had. At any time, you can get the two to three touchdown equity from their main back. Dominic Richardson is in that spot to smash. And look at the difference. You're talking Mo Ibrahim is 12,000. Dominic Richardson is 8,400. And I would argue they both could have 100 yards and two touchdowns. So that is incredible savings because I think Potts will get in the game and the game script might go away from Mo. right? What if he has a huge first half? You play Potts in the second. So I'd much rather have Dominic Richardson there. I love it. And I did play passers with pass catchers. There is a risk. You know, if O'Donnell doesn't throw a touchdown, which I don't expect, O'Connell, obviously that hurt Brock Thompson. But O'Connell will throw two or three in my book. Well, let me have Brock Thompson. I love it. What if two touchdowns go for him, right? So the touchdown equity, so those are the guys I like. I'm always looking for pairings. The only thing I might do, I might take a receiver, maybe think about Penn State, but the problem is it's hard to decide which one you love, and I don't know the pricing but I might want to come back with a Penn State wide receiver if that game blows out. I tend to think I, – I, I'm doing my over-unders. I haven't finalized them. I tend to think that Penn State-Purdue game, I'm looking here, it's only 52-and-a-half. I don't know. I think that seems low to me. I, I haven't finalized the numbers, but you do have and, – and I don't love Sean Clifford, but he does have the potential to keep the game – if the game goes – and O'Connell's throwing the football. Clifford can throw the football over the yard. He might look ugly. So I like, I mean, that's the only thing I might do there. I I like that over. I think, like, hey, he can look ugly, but he's in the hand of the singleton, so who cares? I mean, like, yeah. I think singleton, it's a good call. Washington, Tinsley, it's going to somebody. Yeah, they got Tinsley yeah. and Washington. You know what I might do? I might take the cheaper Tinsley or Washington, whichever one's least expensive. Surprisingly, it's Washington. FanDuel thinks that Tinsley is the one, which I, I'm going to I'm gonna say oh, yes. I I'm the, because the I'm big the home guy. run hitter is Washington. Washington is the home run hitter, yes. He's the home run hitter. If you got the 60-yard splash play, you'd be golden. with, And he's less than Tinsley. Wow. They have a third receiver too, right, with Keandre. Yeah, they do. Lam- Lambert Smith. Lambert yeah. Smith, right? Yeah, like, so yes. that's a great – and that's more more for Clifford's sake than it is for yes. each of yeah. the receivers, right? Like, that's but that's a great reason to think either one, you bet the over, or two, maybe Clifford. I don't know what Clifford's pricing is, right? But like, maybe Clifford's seventy eight hundred. Like, that's a lot of great receivers to help him out. He's a decent to decent rusher, you know. Yes. Like, he's a plotter. He's okay. He's you a know, plotter. he's all right. So he can run it in. I it is people, nice, cheap. It's a nice GPP play because yeah, I don't stack. think people are going to be on Sean Clifford and Penn State. I stared at him for a couple it. minutes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
I, I, I contemplated it for sure. Uh, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I can trust Sean Clifford with both wide receivers, maybe one. It's, you just got to pick the one that you think is going to hit, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. I would go uh, two and two. I would go Connell. O'Connell with your favorite Purdue receiver. Tracy, and then yeah. I'd go Clifford with your favorite Penn State receiver. Right. I think Lob is right, though. Like, I think people are very stuck on what, what's the first thing you think of when you think of Penn State? To me, Running. It's like great <laughs> running backs, great defense. Yes. And yeah. I don't necessarily know that we're going to get that um, defense out of uh, a typical Penn State. I'm a Virginia Tech guy. We stole your DC Penn State fans. Sorry, not sorry. And, uh, <laughs> sorry. I, you know, whatever. I don't care. We don't play you guys this year. So I'm not even <laughs> mad about it. So hopefully it translates here. But um, I think that's a good call. 52 feels really low for a college game in which Purdue is notorious for just being awesome offensively. Yes. Pretty bad defensively. That does feel pretty low. I, I, I'm going to look more tomorrow before I make a decision, but you know, I like the filter. You're already pegged like, in, man. You don't know it, but you've already been locked into it. Everybody's going to yell at yeah. you on Twitter. If it doesn't. Happen. <laughs> yeah, straight for straight for love. So yeah. I want to bring up before we uh, end the FanDuel segment. So, you know, we're talking about how like maybe we won't play Pete. Now we won't play still. What is your thoughts on Jabril small and adding him to the stack? What are your thoughts uh, there? Dude, I love that in a GPP. If you want to really, differentiate hooker and tillman are we know they're going to be massively owned if you just take the risk that hooker only runs one and throws two and what if jabari small scores two right i mean you talk about a pivot play that's a nice pivot play and his his prize picks rushing number was crazy high. Let me see. I think it was near 100. Let me look again. For small? Yeah. 85.5 on prize picks. I don't know if I'm taking that. Maybe. (laughs) I mean. I love him, man. He's a five. I'm just worried about injury for small for me. Yeah, injury is what I I worry the most because small doesn't stay healthy all year. So that would be my only. But it's the opening game. I'm okay. He hasn't had back-to-back 15 carry, 20 carry games against SEC in Ball State. I mean, that's what I love about DFS, right? We know, hey, anyone can get injured. We know that. But he appears to be healthy right now without a big workload. Yeah, I wouldn't put all three together, I would say. No, I agree. Uh, I do like that as like, you know, I think people think about pivots as in like, well, this guy's 9,000 and that guy's 9,000. That's a pivot. The other pivot is, well, I, everybody's on Hooker Tillman at X cost, but you could also go Jabari Small, right? Yeah. And I think, uh, I don't know, I don't know where I heard it or mentioned it or, or whatever, but, you know, there is the idea that, I think it was Andrew uh, Katz that said, like, there is the idea that, like, you know, maybe X team is notorious for just passing it left and right, have a high total and a good matchup. What about going the running back? That's pretty good. There's no reason to be a, a surprise that he's going to run it. And I think that's a Jabari Small thing. And by the way, Jabari Small, like worst case scenario, I'll be shocked if he doesn't go for 80 and a touchdown. Shocked. So, hey, Brandon, like, what's the price on Jabari Small? Hmm. Uh, I think he just. Sorry, I muted my cell phone accident. He's too Uh, quick. 
Let me let me look it up. You guys keep talking. I'll look it up. Real fast. I think. I mean, I've been on small all off season. He's the RB one. They're gonna try to mix it up, but they have a lot of like random backups. There's there's no one proven in the, uh, behind him, and so I really like Jabari Small. They're gonna. He's gonna give up some carries. He's not gonna be a forty-five to fifty-five percent carry like a Mo. Dude, Mo Overheem is gonna be like a sixty-five percent carry. <laughs> but like, so I do like small. Um, I did bet over. I think on Prize Picks and on Underdog for um, his his rushing yards because in that matchup, yeah. I mean, he could do that on. 10, 12 carries. Like, that's a great matchup. So now I know why I didn't pick small. He's 9,000. A little high. Yeah. And so in comparison but, to Richardson, that's tough. Yeah, but I would maybe still over Ibrahim now that I think about it. I might save the money. You do down. save a lot of money. On- and then yeah. I can spend up on the second RB, take Steel out, and then maybe go like, let's see who else is down here. Potts, Strader. Uh, there's still Abaconda. I don't know how you guys feel about Penn, uh, Pitt in their run game, but he's the only RB without an or. So you got Izzy there. Uh, mm-hmm. I would take Kevon Lee. There's Singleton down at 6,500. That one that would be a nice sneaky play there. Uh, it just kind of depends on your your bread and butter and what you what you prefer. But uh, thousand's good for small. Now, Cape knows this. When Heupel was at UCF, there was always sneaky value in Heupel's running backs. And they were always very cheap, right? And you could, if you hit the nuggets on the guy for UCF, you would end up with like two touchdowns and 70 yeah. yards rushing, and he'd be like 3,600, some crazy value. So Hypo will get now. The thing is, he rotated more at UCF. Small looks like by far the best running back at Tennessee. I don't think they have a stable of equal running backs. When he was at UCF, he had – they were all good. No all all kind of the same guy, you know, like all very the good guy. or very That's highly way to say it. And you, if, if one was injured, you're like, all right, it's only going to be two guys now. Yeah. <laughs> so if Small's the guy, they do produce stats out of the running back position in high school system. I would say that just for in general – the Heibel system. Like, yes. I remember UCF, one of oh. one or two of my best days in DFS history is just like being around for 330 and Jalen Robinson was out and maybe I hit uh, Alec Holler or whatever, one of those random receivers that all of yeah. a sudden was 4,100 and is now really a receiver one or two. Like, I think there's a lot of value in understanding what like the Nates and the Jareds from C2C talk about, which is the systems, right? Like yeah. a hypo system is going to really amplify um, the scoring and just production and limit like the fact that you don't have to necessarily be that great. <laughs> you know, like you can, st- you, first of all, all these guys have to be a certain level of good, right? Oh like, yeah. They're playing real college football, like hundred percent have to be, certain level of good um but like a guy like hypo is like i'm taking you from here to here yes and so that's a lot of just i would say like in just in general for dfs strategy and in skill sets is just like being around like it's tough right like we all have lives on saturdays oh yeah so i just wait till my wife is working on a saturday and then i really hit it hard you know like so i don't have to worry about it uh, but you can get a lot of value out of, of being around at 230 
And this guy is in a boot on the sidelines and a reporter says it. And all of a sudden you have an ability to like jump an edge on 15% of people. And Hypo was a huge example of that in years past. Absolutely. So that was mainly all the Thursday slate. Let's talk about Saturday real quick and then we'll kind of get out of here. Uh, we'll give some favorite plays for Saturday on the DK slate. I don't know if you guys had a chance to take a look. No. My favorite, and I know you guys are both Michigan guys, what is your thoughts on Corm and Edwards together mm. in a Saturday stack? Talk to me. I don't think it's a bad strategy because I can't mm. tell you for sure who's going to be the better one. I would ask this. What's the salary? I'm going Dude, to pop it open right now. Wow, it's insane. Corm is 7,300 and Donovan Edwards is 5,000. Super valuable. Oh, that yeah. you on DraftKings PPR. Yep. You know what? I'm going Edwards. Like not even close. The yeah. salary savings and the K just said it. The PP now Corum's a good receiver, much better than people I think give him credit for. But Donovan Edwards should get the four to five receptions, I think, out of that backfield. So I'll take Edwards at the significant from what you're saying, salary savings. Yeah, both of, both of them. Both of them what? 13K a total? That's not yeah. bad at all. No. So to, to, to talk about the two, Edwards, to, I mean, he was a 10 reception in a game guy last year. Yes. As a true freshman, right? With Caden McNamara at quarterback. Uh, they have said that Har- uh, Harbaugh has said that Cade McNamara will be the quarterback game one, which I think, uh, duh, like that's not that surprising. And then JJ McCarthy's game two, but like, that matters because Kane Mc, uh, McNamara is not a threat around the goal line. You just took away a vulture. J.J. McCarthy, 100% a vulture. So prime matchup, Edwards at 5,000 is insanely good. I love Corum. I mean, like you look back, and I wrote the uh, the article today for the Saturday main slate for C2C, and they crushed Northern Illinois in Western Michigan, and both of them were insanely good. I didn't even look at the Washington game because I know all they did was run it. And I'm like, okay, let me avoid that one. Let's just talk about these other two that could be potentially different. I mean, like Corum is, has scored like six, seven touchdowns this first three games. Has, Hassan Haskins last year scored four or five touchdowns. Like both these guys are very good at very cheap prices. Like I would consider them in cash tournament and I would, I would consider them chalk that's not worth risking. Like, I would not divert away from it just to do it because I think they're that good of options. I don't see, I don't see a world where, where one of them or both of them suck. No right? Like, what, no. what world does, does Michigan win by 30 and they don't hit 18 to 20 points? No, and K. We were talking about offensive lines. I started with my rant. Michigan's offensive line. Colorado State. They might throw the ball 12 times. I mean, they. I just don't see how Colorado, by the third quarter, their defensive linemen are going to be sucking wind. And Michigan has a top three offensive line in the nation with like Outland Trophy potential offensive linemen. They're just... This is going to be bad for Colorado State by the third quarter. So they're going it's to run the ball. I, I agree have, with Chris. Tolkien. Yeah. Yeah. Colorado State's got some great receivers. I just don't know if we're going to be able to see them all, all game <laughs> because Michigan's going to run it down their throat and they're not going to be able to stop them. I mean, look at look at your O line and look at the two. I just think it's like when I looked at both Michigan running backs, I was like, this is the safest 
pairing of running back, I literally can just leave running back alone and just go have fun yeah. wide receiver <laughs> and quarterback in stacks. So, uh, here's yeah, the ahead. problem with it is when I evaluated it, looked at it, running back is insanely deep. Receiver deep. is insanely thin. Yeah, like literally, I'm looking and running projections. I'm running the the optimizer. I'm like, there's a Colorado State receiver that pops for me, Tory Horton, which is scary because who good. wants to roster a receiver against a Michigan defensive back, right? <laughs> um, scary. But like running backs are insanely good. Zach Evans, Zach Charbonnet is really good. Honestly, the top play plus value might be Christopher Brooks from BYU. I love yeah. Christopher Brooks this Brooks. week, dude. Right? Your running backs are amazing, yeah. I mean, 6,100. Oh. There's rumors that uh, Romney, which it seems like there's two injuries, right? There's Puka Nakua and there's Gunnar Romney. Romney seems very, very, very much closer to out than Puka. And if both of them are out, oh. what is BYU going to do? Run. Hand the ball gonna, to Brooks. They're going to hand the ball off, right? So... <laughs> Brooks, regardless, is great. That's a good matchup for him um, against USF. Just close enough or, like, just good enough to keep it close. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think what's really interesting, and I think, Brandon, it's time for you to shine here, is Murray and Hampton, 3,000. I mean, App State's a tough matchup. Yeah, he's 3,000 in this matchup against Ooh. App State. That's real wow. low. But App State's got like a million fifth and sixth year guys. So what do you think? Um, I I respect the heck out of App State. I do not take them lightly. Uh, just because they play in a G5 doesn't mean that they're mm. capable. And they have a very much offense that's very close to what you're seeing now with Pedway and Hampton and uh, Noel and, uh, and Cameron Peoples. So they're going to try to run attack. We saw Carolina's defense. Uh, I'm a bit of a sycophant, so uh, you know I'm a bit of a sadist. So I'm, I'm looking at Chase Bryce, who's a six-year senior. He's been at Clemson and Duke, so he knows Carolina very well already. And then he's, you know, we have what is his name Wells, which I think is the top wide receiver at Appalachian State. I'm looking at possibly playing them against a very weakened now without Tony Grimes at Carolina. Uh, so, you know, do I want to play my own team? No, not really. But you know, when it comes to tournament play, no one's really going to stack App State, and who's to say you don't stack? Noel, I think Noel's the higher price. So you might, you know, people's, but Hampton's good. I think Hampton is a man amongst boys. Uh, he's he played in high school. He was the Gatorade Player of the Year at North Carolina, and there's a reason for that because he literally just mowed everyone down. Uh, but App State's got a great, got a put a pretty decent defense. Uh, I believe that they're ranked on fan tracks. I think they're like what 35th, 36th, or something like that. They're, State, they're at home, right? Yeah, they're in Boone this year or this they, week. Yeah. They play well at home on defense, and I think they're going to run the ball against UNC. Yeah, it's going to be run versus run. And really, I, I think Hampton's good play. I think uh, people will fade him because it might be upstate. I mean, it depends on if you look at that green or red number. I don't. I just look at you know opportunity, right? Uh, for me, I I think it's a decent play. Uh, for me, probably my favorite little pivot, and of course, I'll tout you know the another freshman, but Matthew Golden at Houston. A lot of people are going to be on Nathaniel Dell, but if you look at Golden is an absolute beast of a man, and he's playing out of the X in Houston in that system. Uh, at 4,900, that is, oh. yeah. Uh, so he's one of my favorite little sneaky plays. Uh, I would and, probably and take him over Hampton this week, if I'm being very honest. I researched that game because it's one of the top over-unders on the Saturday slate. Houston and UTSA is going to be able to score some points. I don't think, it's you know, a good so matchup. it should yeah. be a shootout. And I'll tell you who I just looked quickly. 
at least I don't feel so bad. DraftKings has Jackson Dart at 8,300 and Altmeyer at 6,700 for and Mississippi. Are, are we getting I mean, both or is Altmeyer actually playing the whole game? Do we know? I, he might come out, but I got he's going to at least start in the points. Man. I mean, that's cheap for a starting quarterback. I'm just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's wildly. You're getting a Lane Kiffin quarterback. Has that wildly? Has that run. come out as is uh is he come out as the starter? That's what I thought. I was ninety percent. Sure. I thought it was I the or. I think it was the or. Yeah. So there's. Oh, some, but I think it's worth mentioning. Both. I think it's worth mentioning. I. Well, of course, I think it's worth mentioning. I wrote in my article. Uh, I think Altmeyer's an nice awesome point. option at that price. Yes. But if it's Dart, I'm probably staying away. Oh, I agree. I'm not paying 8300 for Dart. 100%. No. Yeah. Not yeah. if he's not going to play all game. No way. Like 6700 or whatever it is for an Ole Miss Lane Kiffin quarterback, like Lob said, is like insanely good. Give me that all day. You get a Mitchell Trigg that's like 4600 That's awesome. I don't think Jalen Robinson's that bad or Mingo or whoever at receiver is not that bad in terms of pricing. So I'm totally down yeah. with that. Can I give you guys the – weirdest sketchiest you might kick me off the show type stack here before we go i don't Georgia. i don't no bo- never, is it boston never. college <laughs> is it bc and your boy jerking no 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 i'm thinking game stack and that's no. how i would oh, do a legitimate it. game stack and no no, no no it's a it's a five person game stack you okay ready let's hear it yeah all right so i'm so nervous right now that's all right <laughs> Deep Dylan press. Gabriel, Marvin Mims, incredible yeah. options, right? Sure, sure. I think you could have a lot of value out of going Hardison at 4,600 and then one of Tyron Smith, Ronaldo, Flores, or both. The only reason why I would say maybe not both is because there's all like the UTEP side is so cheap that, like, who else would you use, right? So. I would be down with a game stack if you're building multiple lineups, four, five plus lineups. You'd be, in my opinion, would be crazy not to consider a UTEP Oklahoma, you know, game stack. I think in years past, Oklahoma has given up plenty of points to random teams. Yes, we've seen them come close to losing to the the UTEPs of the world. So. I, I would. I, that's not my favorite game stack. I think Houston UTSA, like Lob said, it's my favorite oh, yeah. game stack. I like Especially that Franklin game. and Harris. Oh my yeah, God, yeah, you get Frank Harris, Harris? super upside fifty point right guy. With Franklin, and then you get Tune, and then Dell. I mean, you just yeah. love the one to one. The guys that just will pound the same, like throw to the same guy nonstop, and that's all you're going to get with Tune and Dell. Um, and I love Golden. I think Golden would be a great sneaky option if you think go, uh, game stack. He's like forty nine hundred or something. Yeah, I'm just that's looking great. at him now. Forty nine hundred. That's an awesome X, price. Yeah. At the X in in um, what's in the coach? Why can't I remember his? Uh, Holgerson. Holgerson. Yeah. yeah. That's the we. That might be the cheapest we see Matthew Golden all year. Oh yeah, he's gonna blow up on the scene. Him and Burton are gonna be so high priced next week because of their what they're gonna do. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. So talents there, man, and the offense is there at Holgerson. So I think. Yes. Those are some fun game stacks, and I think if, you're, especially if you're building ten plus, like throw a little, uh, throw a little UTEP Oklahoma in there. Why not? I, I like Smith weird. still this week. Yeah, uh, Tyron Prude is worth. Is he still? Is he still banged up, or is he looking like he's playing? I think they're all playing. I think they're all oh, good to go. Yeah, that's good to go. All right, 
Lob, you got anybody else before we wrap it up, buddy? Well, the only game, you know, it's funny. I was doing research on this game, and I would love to stack it. But then I did my research on North Carolina State's defense, and I don't think ESCU can score very many. You're thinking I'm Aylers, thinking like you? it might be an interesting, but I don't know if the Pirates are even going to be able to put up three touchdowns against the Wolfpack's defense. I mean, I, I like the Wolfpack to score big time against East Carolina, but I don't think East Carolina can put points on the board. And Mitchell's my biggest conundrum right now. I have so many shares in my season long. Like, is this just a bad game against the Wolfpack? Do they just take them out of the game? Their linebackers are too good, yeah. I think, for East yeah. Carolina. This is probably the best NC State team I've seen in over a decade. Their defense. More. And I'm a Carolina guy. Players. So. Yeah. They, they got players. Yeah, tons of wide receivers, good defense, uh, tight end that can run running back or tight end. Kind of the yes. the Samuels thing is kind of back, I think, with uh, with what's his name? Oh, God, I can't forget his name. It's not Porter Rooks. It's, it's uh, uh, Trent Penix, right? Penix, yeah, that's Penix, yeah. And he's got a dual eligibility on on Fanduel or for fan tracks. Sorry, I keep getting the F's mixed up. But uh, <laughs> definitely a great team. Uh, I, I hear what you're saying though. ECU, uh, I, I will say they might play them a little close to the start because it is an in-state rivalry game. They know each yeah. other well. They're within like an hour of each other. So it just, just depends on how much you believe in Aylers and in how much you believe in that run game. Uh, I don't think we see Camaro Edmonds or, or Harris as much. I think Mitchell's going to kind of run away with his backfield, but I don't know if this is the game to do it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, just the G5, I think the but... Wolfpack are nasty. On. I think mm-hmm. this is a bad game to open up for East Carolina. I think ECU turns into an offense that we love stacking yeah, or yeah. like getting a lot of involvement with Keats. I'm going the same thing with Mitchell. I think Aylers with his experience, you're going to see some huge upside games. I just don't know what receiver, you know, and I think I there's heard, like some uh, suspension. I heard stuff. Johnson's back. So I hear he's Johnson. doing okay. He's in so, good graces. So we'll see. So apparently CJ Johnson's back, but I don't there's even know. There's a new Johnson it. in town. Hatsfield. Is, yeah, Isaiah Hasfield is, and then uh, Jalen Johnson, who came in from uh, uh, Georgia. They're so I've two, heard randomly, I have no ability to, to validate it, that uh, Hatfield suspended for two games. Uh-oh. Really? Not that it would have mattered. Did, like, did he party playing. too hard? He probably, you know, ECU parties on Tuesdays. That's what I heard when I was at Virginia Tech. They party all week. <laughs> I replayed them one year. I was in the stands, and this one girl was just done. She was gone. <laughs> And her thing was, we party on Tuesdays. And I was like, okay, cool. Yes. But you're asleep at one one p.m. on a Saturday. So what's the matter? You know, like, they, they start on Mondays. I can't confirm. Uh, G Vegas is is a crazy uh, college town for sure. Uh, you got some. Yeah, you're onto something there. But yeah, there's no telling what wide receiver. But I think as the season progresses, we're going to probably see a decent stack, and we're going to see at least two or three emerge that we could probably do that as well. All right, guys, uh, we got anything else? That was great. All right, guys. Thanks for hopping on live, man. That was awesome. Yeah. Man. Uh, the uh, One of the OGs, man. Okay. Yes. Since Nam. Yeah, I was telling Chris, you're the first DFS one for, for CFB and the first CFF article that I ever read. So I was like, you know, here I am, Mr. Mr. Lob City himself. The OG. Oh, thank you, gentlemen. What an, what an OG. I, I, had a bl- I had a blast tonight, and you, you sparked me to do my early research. So yes. I'm like, I'm ahead of the game. I usually start like Wednesday, but I, I said, you know, I got to be ready for the Tuesday show here. So, but I loved it. So I already have a pretty decent feel about, obviously we got more, a longer week to go, but yeah. I had well, a blast tonight. It was awesome. Well, when you're rich, don't forget it about us. Okay? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
<laughs> when you're on ESPN, finally, just you know, yeah. just don't forget about us guys at C2C. Never will, my friend. <laughs> um, but once again, we want to thank John for coming on. Of course, my other co-host Chris, uh, Ethan, buddy, we miss you. We hope that you're healthy. We see you next week. Uh, want to keep in mind that uh, we are going to move our lines. We call it the draw the line segment. I think we're going to kind of push that over. You saw a podcast on the C2C feed from uh, our friend Alfred uh, Fernandez. I think he's going to kind of cover most of the lines. I want you guys to go check it out because he covers the whole slate. And, of course, Chris Moxley at Chris Moxley 19, a man, the myth, and the legend that man knows lines, and he stays on top of it and runs a spreadsheet weekly. And he also does that on the morning shows. So we're going to kind of push that towards those guys for you guys to check that out. So moving forward, they're going to be your go-tos if you're looking to uh, put some line bets on and things like that in particular, where we're going to focus on the DFS and prize pick size of things as well. Uh, another straight tip, uh, just like John learned here tonight, if you play early on prize picks, you can get those early props and uh, hammer on them as fast as possible. So definitely check out when they release Monday or Tuesday. Um, once again, check out the code C2C if you're going to go and sign up for prize picks. Of course, check out the website for all the articles. Like I said, that new uh, that new tier is up for $29.99, and that is the NIL tier for the DFS and the and the betting uh, aspect of it. So go check that out if you want to see Chris's, Ethan's articles, Alfred's, Chris. They all have something really great going. Of course, this podcast is here for you to listen to weekly as well so keep us in mind uh and we thank you for uh you know joining us and we'll see you next week peace